You're listening to ReachMD. This medical industry feature titled Reviewing a Powerful Therapy for Relapsing MS is sponsored by Novartis. This program is intended for physicians. Here's your host, Dr. Dagramji. This is ReachMD, and I'm Dr. Paul Dagramji. Joining me to discuss a targeted therapy for relapsing multiple sclerosis is Dr. Pavla Ropovich, a neurology specialist at Multiple Sclerosis Center at Swedish Medical Center in Seattle, Washington. Dr. Ropovich, thanks for being here today. Thank you for having me. So let's start off. What is Kisimta and what is the indication for Kisimta? Kisimta is a CD20 directed cytolytic antibody indicated for the treatment of relapsing forms of multiple sclerosis in adults. These forms include clinically isolated syndrome, relapsing remitting multiple sclerosis, and active secondary progressive multiple sclerosis. Okay, and what is the recommended dosage of Kisimta? The recommended dosage of Kisimta is 20 milligrams that is administered by subcutaneous route injection, first dosing at weeks zero, one, and two, followed by subsequent dosing once a month starting at week four at 20 milligrams by subcutaneous injection. And again, how is Kisimta administered? Kisimta is administered subcutaneously using a pre-filled sensor-ready pen once a month. The first dose is administered under the guidance of a healthcare professional. So sometimes there are some screening tests that that healthcare providers do. So which screens should healthcare providers conduct prior to initiating Kisimta, and and what should they be looking for? Prior to initiating Kisimta, the patients should be screened for hepatitis B virus infection because Kisimta is contraindicated in patients with active hepatitis B infection. That screening should include at least surface antigen and core antibody testing for hepatitis B and perhaps other tests according to local guidelines. In addition, patients' serum immunoglobulins should be assessed prior to initiation of Kisimta. If serum immunoglobulins are low, a consultation with an immunology expert is recommended. And lastly, a vaccine status of the patient should be assessed prior to initiating Kisimta. Well, speaking of vaccination, are there any vaccination requirements prior to the first dose? Because vaccination with live attenuated or live vaccines is not recommended during treatment uh, with Kisimta, all immunizations should be administered according to immunization guidelines prior to initiating Kisimta. For live or live attenuated vaccines, those should be administered at least four weeks prior to starting Kisimta. For inactivated vaccines, those should be administered at least two weeks prior to Kisimta. Let's talk next about administration instructions. So what do you tell a patient about the administration of Kisimta? The Kisimta is administered by subcutaneous injection only. It is intended for patient self-administration. The instructions for use contain more detailed instructions on the preparation of Kisimta. Kisimta should be administered in the abdomen, thigh, or upper outer arm using an injection under the skin. Injection should not be administered into moles, scars, stretch marks, or other areas where the skin is tender, bruised, red, scaly, or hard. What are some of the warnings and precautions related to Kisimta? 
An increased risk of infection has been observed with other anti-CD20 B-cell depleting therapies. Kisimta has a potential for an increased risk of infections. If a patient is currently having an infection, administration of Kisimta should be delayed until the infection is resolved. Hep B virus screening should be performed, and those with active hepatitis B should not receive Kisimta. Kisimta may also interfere with the effectiveness of vaccinations. For that reason, all immunizations should be administered according to the guidelines prior to starting treatment with Kisimta. So what are the risks of infection associated with Kisimta? Kisimta has the potential for an increased risk of infections, including serious bacterial, fungal, or viral infections, including reactivations. The overall rate of infections with Kisimta was similar to patients who were treated with teriflunamide. This was seen in 51.6% of patients with Kisimta and 52.7% of patients with teriflunamide. The rates of serious infections were also similar, 2.5% with Kisimta and 1.8% with teriflunamide. The most common infections reported by Kisimta-treated patients in MS trials included upper respiratory tract infections in 39% of the patients and urinary tract infections in 10% of the patients. If a patient is having an active infection, the administration of Kisimta should be delayed. So does Kisimta reactivate hepatitis B virus or cause PML? There were no reports of hepatitis B virus reactivation in MS patients with Kisimta. However, hepatitis B virus reactivation, in some cases leading to hepatitis, a fulminant hepatitis, hepatic failure and death, has occurred in patients treated with ofatumumab for chronic lymphocytic leukemia at doses higher than those recommended in multiple sclerosis, but for a shorter period of time and in patients with other, treated with other anti-CD20 therapies. Although no cases of PML have been reported with Kisimta in clinical studies of multiple sclerosis, PML resulting in death has occurred in patients treated with ofatumumab for chronic lymphocytic leukemia at those doses that are higher than the ones in MS, but for a shorter period of time. In addition, PML has been observed in patients treated with other anti-CD20 antibodies. So if PML is suspected in a patient with multiple sclerosis, appropriate workup needs to take place and additional dosing of Kisimta needs to be held until that workup is complete. Let's switch next to injection-related reactions. What is the difference between injection site and injection-related reactions to a patient experienced in Kisimta studies? Injection-related reactions refer to systemic reaction to this medication, whereas injection site reaction is a local reaction to the medication. Injection-related reactions, systemic ones, are that were seen include fever, headache, muscle aches or pain, chills, and fatigue. They most commonly occurred within 24 hours of the injection. They were most commonly seen following the first injection. And if they do occur, symptomatic treatment is recommended. 99.8% of these reactions were mild to moderate, and there were no life-threatening injection-related reactions in clinical studies. By contrast, local injection site reactions are localized 
and they may involve redness of skin, swelling, itching, or pain. They were seen in 11% of Kasimta patients and 6% of teriflunamide patients. Sometimes in these types of medications, premedication may occur. Is premedication required prior to administration of Kisimta? Actually, premedication is not required prior to administration of Kisimta. Only limited benefit of premedication with corticosteroids, antihistamines, or acetaminophen was observed in MS clinical studies of Kisimta. However, if any reactions do occur, symptomatic treatment is recommended. Let's switch our attention now to adverse reactions. What adverse events were seen in Kisimta in the clinical trials? The most common adverse reactions occurring more than 10% of patients treated with Kisimta and more commonly than with teriflunamide were upper respiratory tract infections, injection-related reactions, those are systemic reactions, headache, and injection site reactions. Those are the local reactions. And what were some of the rates of common adverse events in Kisimta arm compared with the terflunomide arm in clinical trials? So for upper respiratory tract infections, those were seen in 39% of patients with Kisimta and 38% of patients in the terflunomide arm. The injection site reactions, local reactions, were seen in 11% of patients with Kisimta and 6% of patients with teriflunamide. Injection-related reactions, those are systemic reactions, were seen in 21% of patients treated with Kisimta and 15% of patients treated with teriflunamide. The most common cause of discontinuation for patients treated with Kisimta was low immunoglobulin M in 3.3% of patients. So what types of infections were seen with Kisimta in clinical trials? From the clinical trial experience, the most common infection seen with Kisimta was upper respiratory tract infection. So Dr. Rapovich, what type of injection reactions were seen with Kisimta in clinical trials? So injection reactions that were seen in the clinical trials were grouped into injection-related reactions, which are systemic, and injection site reactions, which are local. The systemic reactions that were most commonly seen were fever, headache, muscle aches or pain, chills or fatigue. The incidence of these was highest in the first injection. It was seen in 14.4% of the patients, but then it diminished so that by the third injection, less than 3% of patients reported them. The local injection site reactions, the most commonly reported of those, were redness of the skin, pain, itching, and swelling, and those were predominantly mild to moderate in severity. Let's switch our attention now to immunogenicity. What is the risk of immunogenicity with Kisimta? In clinical trials, the Anti-drug antibodies to Kisimta were very infrequent. They were only detected in two out of 914 patients. In general, there was no discernible impact of these anti-drug antibody titers on pharmacokinetics, safety profile, or B-cell kinetics in these patients. However, because there were so few patients with them, these data are not adequate to assess the impact of anti-drug antibodies on the safety and efficacy of Kisimta. So let's talk about drug-drug interactions. What kind of drug interactions should healthcare providers be concerned about with Kisimta? Combining Kisimta with other immunosuppressive drugs, including systemic corticosteroids, can lead to additive 
immune system effects leading to an increased risk of infection. So these considerations should be taken into account when combining the use of Kisimta with any other immune active medications. The interactions between Kisimta and other medicinal products have not been investigated in formal studies because this is a monoclonal antibody that is degraded through the patterns that do not involve the uh, cytochrome P450 mechanisms or, or some of the other common causes of drug-drug interactions. Dr. Ropovich, you mentioned monoclonal antibodies. Uh, expound on that, please. What kind of molecule is Kisimta? Kisimta is a recombinant human anti-CD20 monoclonal antibody of the IgG1 type that induces lysis of cells that express protein CD20. The vast majority of these cells are B cells, although some minor population of CD20 T cells might also be targeted. It is believed that these cells play an important role in MS pathogenesis. So let's talk next about clinical pharmacology. What is the mechanism of action of Kisimta? The precise mechanism by which Kisimta works is not fully elucidated, but is presumed to involve binding to CD20 uh, on the CD20 expressing cells, leading to the lysis of those cells, either through a complement-mediated process or antibody-dependent cellular cytolysis. Let's talk next about pharmacodynamics. How long does it take for repletion of B cells after treatment discontinuation of Kisimta? The data from relapsing MS clinical studies show that B cell recovery above the lower limit of normal in at least 50% of patients occurs between 24 and 36 weeks after stopping of tumumab. However, modeling and simulation of B-cell repletion supports this data, predicting that the median time to B-cell recovery is about 40 weeks after stopping Kisimta. And what is the effect of Kisimta on clinical outcomes in phase three trials? There were two phase three trials of efficacy of Kisimta called Asclepius 1 and Asclepius 2. In both of those phase three trials, the primary outcome measure was reduction in annualized relapse rate. That reduction was compared to teriflunamide. So compared to teriflunamide, Kisimta reduced annualized relapse rate by 51% in one trial and 59% in the other trial. In addition, the secondary outcomes in these trials included reduction in active or gadolinium-enhancing MRI lesions. That reduction was pretty significant and profound by 98% in Asclepius 1 trial and 94% in Asclepius 2 trial compared to teraflunamide. As well, the reduction in new or enhanced or enlarging T2 lesions was seen in these trials as well, 82% less in Asclepius 1 and 85% less in Asclepius 2 in Kisimta patients compared to teriflunamide cohort. Lastly, Kisimta reduced the accrual of disability. The combined data from these two trials was analyzed for three-month confirmed disability progression, and that progression was seen in 34.4% fewer patients in Kisimta arm compared to teriflunamide. 
Excellent information, Dr. Rapovich. Uh, good comments for us to think on as we come to the end of today's program. I want to thank my guest, Dr. Rapovich, for helping us better understand Kisimta, a treatment for multiple sclerosis in adult patients. Dr. Rapovich, it was great speaking with you today. Thank you very much for having me. I'm Dr. Paul DeGramji. Thanks for listening. Indication and important safety information. Indication. Kisimta is indicated for the treatment of relapsing forms of multiple sclerosis, MS, to include clinically isolated syndrome, relapsing remitting disease, and active secondary progressive disease in adults. Important safety information. Contraindication. Kisimta is contraindicated in patients with active hepatitis B virus infection. Warnings and precautions. Infections. An increased risk of infections has been observed with other anti-CD20 B-cell depleting therapies. Kisimta has the potential for an increased risk of infections, including serious bacterial, fungal, and new or reactivated viral infections. Some have been fatal in patients treated with other anti-CD20 antibodies. The overall rate of infections and serious infections in kisimta treated patients was similar to teraflunomide-treated patients, 51.6% versus 52.7% and 2.5% versus 1.8% respectively. The most common infections reported by kisimta treated patients in relapsing MS or RMS trials included upper respiratory tract infection, 39%, and urinary tract infection, 10%. Delay Kisimta administration in patients with an active infection until resolved. Consider the potential increased immunosuppressive effects when initiating Kisimta after an immunosuppressive therapy or initiating an immunosuppressive therapy after Kisimta. Hepatitis B virus, reactivation, no reports of hepatitis B virus or HBV reactivation in patients with MS treated with Kisimta. However, HBV reactivation in some cases resulting in fulminant hepatitis, hepatic failure, and death has occurred in patients treated with ofatumumab at higher intravenous doses for chronic lymphocytic leukemia, or CLL, than the recommended dose in MS and in patients treated with other anti-CD20 antibodies. Infection. Kisimta is contraindicated in patients with active hepatitis B disease. Fatal infections caused by HPV in patients who have not been previously infected have occurred in patients treated with ofatumumab at higher intravenous doses for CLL than the recommended dose in MS. Perform HPV screening in all patients before initiation of Kisimta. Patients who are negative for hepatitis B surface antigen and positive for hepatitis B core antibody or are carriers of HBV should consult liver disease experts before starting and during Kisimta treatment. Progressive multifocal leukoencephalopathy. No cases of progressive multifocal leukoencephalopathy or PML have been reported for Kisimta in RMS clinical studies. However, PML resulting in death has occurred in patients being treated with ofatumumab at higher intravenous doses for CLL than the recommended dose in MS. In addition, JC virus infection resulting in PML has also been observed in patients treated with other anti-CD20 antibodies and other MS therapies. If PML is suspected, withhold Kisimta and perform an appropriate diagnostic evaluation. 
If PML is confirmed, Kesimpta should be discontinued. Vaccinations. Administer all immunizations according to immunization guidelines. For live or live attenuated vaccines, at least four weeks, and whenever possible, at least two weeks prior to starting Kesimpta for inactivated vaccines. The safety of immunization with live or live attenuated vaccines following Kesimpta therapy has not been studied. Vaccination with live or live attenuated vaccines is not recommended during treatment and after discontinuation until B-cell repletion. Vaccination of infants born to mothers treated with Kesimpta during pregnancy. For infants whose mother was treated with Kesimpta during pregnancy, assess B-cell counts prior to administration of live or live attenuated vaccines. If the B-cell count has not recovered in the infant, do not administer the vaccine as having depleted B-cells may pose an increased risk in these infants. Injection-related reactions. Injection-related reactions with systemic symptoms occurred most commonly within 24 hours of the first injection, but were also observed with later injections. There were no life-threatening injection reactions in RMS clinical studies. The first injection of Kesimpta should be performed under the guidance of an appropriately trained healthcare professional. If injection-related reactions occur, symptomatic treatment is recommended. Reduction in immunoglobulins. As expected with any B-cell depleting therapy, decreased immunoglobulin levels were observed. Monitor the levels of quantitative serum immunoglobulins during treatment, especially in patients with opportunistic or recurrent infections and after discontinuation of therapy until B-cell repletion. Consider discontinuing Kesimpta therapy if a patient with low immunoglobulins develops a serious opportunistic infection or recurrent infections, or if prolonged hypogamma globulinemia requires treatment with intravenous immunoglobulins. Fetal risk. Based on animal data, Kesimpta can cause fetal harm due to B-cell lymphopenia and reduce antibody response in offspring exposed to Kesimpta in utero. Transient peripheral B-cell depletion and lymphocytopenia have been reported in infants born to mothers exposed to other anti-CD20 B-cell depleting antibodies during pregnancy. Advise females of reproductive potential to use effective contraception while receiving Kesimpta and for at least six months after the last dose. Most common adverse reactions, greater than 10% are upper respiratory tract infection, headache, injection-related reactions, and local injection site reactions. This program was sponsored by Novartis. If you missed any part of this discussion, visit ReachMD.com. This is ReachMD. Be part of the knowledge.